I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh boy, it is good to be back. Well, JT, I know that you've been uh, uh, obviously writing and thinking about Supercoach for a while, but um, I've literally just downloaded the app. So I'm back, baby. I'm back. I'm, I'm ready to go. I've tried not to think, overthink it too much, but uh, you and the boys have been doing a fantastic job, uh, not only on the podcast, but we're going to jump straight into the Mega Guide because that has been a sensational production that you guys have put out. So. Um, Mate, where can people find it? And just give us a bit of info about it. The Mega Guide made 140 plus pages of Supercoach content. We've got to update it after all this um, this trial news. We'll get a new version out there. But for anyone that hasn't bought one yet, all the details over at nrlsupercoachtalk.com. So it gives you a rundown on every single player, every team, matchups, even a bit of draft uh, rankings at the back of that. So it's got a bit of everything, mate. We've... Um, a lot of sleepless, sleepless nights into this while you haven't even downloaded the bloody app. So, Wenon is doing a Kirk up. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as I said before, it worked for him last year, and I think this year I'm going to be. Uh, I've started watching maths. You oh, know, Jesus. just just getting 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 some uh, earning some cookies with the the wife to make sure that when uh, the season starts, I can uh, you know. I can actually watch the games. Um, you know, it seemed all seemed to work well for Nick last year. So that's what I was thinking. Don't even think about it. No preseason. Watch maths. Just go fishing. You know, go to movie. Yeah, go world. fishing. Go fishing. That's yeah, go to movie world. Uh, that is that, that is everything. So uh, no, you guys have have done a fantastic thing with Mega Guide. I've been starting to read it. It's been helping um, me out as well. Uh, obviously, not being involved in writing it this year. Um, one thing though, we're very proud of it at um, the site is our uh, involvement with Movember and trying to raise some money for that fantastic uh, foundation and charity. And, and happy to say now we're, we're over the five hundred and fifty dollar mark raising for them. Uh, this year so hopefully we can keep that cracking along before the season starts and we'll be also um uh, i think as i did say in the opening uh when the mega guy came out 10 percent of all proceeds not only for the mega guy but the website throughout the year will be going directly towards november so they do a fantastic job and they need our help so um all good news there all right let's jump straight into well how about we just start with what we're going to be covering today um jt firstly we're going to talk about trial news there's been a heap going on um lots coming out of it and a bit for us to unpick and get into there and then we're going to jump into the four teams that you uh, invested a whole heap of time in writing uh for the mega guide and um, i'm sure you've got some pieces of super coach gold there that that everyone's ready for uh and then we're just going to finish it off so let's get stuck into it straight with the uh the trial news uh, Roosters versus the Raiders. What have we got there? 
Yeah, a couple of interesting ones here in the halves. Obviously, Luke Keery is out um, with an injury there, some hamstring tightness. So Sam Walker and Lockie Lamb both got a start there. Um, by all reports, they were both pretty good. Lock- Lachlan Lamb looks more sewn up for that round one spot, but Sam Walker looks like a genuine future out-and-out gun. Um, so, I mean, as ideal as it would be to get Walker in there, I don't think it will be him. I think Lachlan Lamb will get in there for about that 300k-odd mark. But uh, both of them, they, these roosters just keep churning them out. I don't know how how they do it. But in terms of out-and-out supercoach guns, Angus Crichton, TKO, Teddy, um, the three of those I've got highlighted there for the roosters. Um, I've got all three, actually, at the moment. I don't know about you. No, don't have either of those, but I, if if one of them gets selected, uh, one of the, the rookies gets selected for um, uh, for round one, then just got to jump straight into that. A guy that I had floated uh, on the chat just prior to this was Luke Keary. Thought that potentially he's a guy that you could look at, but, uh, given the, the Roosters' opening draw. Um, but as you did allude to at the start, he was out with a hamstring injury. Um, and so just jumping to the two other guys that you mentioned, Angus Crichton and Tekio. Yeah, I think I said that they're not in my side. They're absolutely in my side at the moment. Um, Crichton played well. And the big thing for me is that last year in eight games, playing 80 minutes, averaged 85. And the Roosters opening draw is super, super tasty. So I can just see them going on a bit of a bit of a run. Um, pretty disappointing into the season last year. So can see them playing pretty well. And then you've got uh, TKO's kicking goals. So that's a guy that I'm also quite interested in. 11 games last year, playing over 50 minutes, average 75. So we've seen him produce elite stats before for Supercoats. So something um, definitely we just to, to stay tuned to see if that what's going to happen leading into to round one. But um, both of those guys look pretty pretty secured at the moment. What about Teddy? Uh, huge news there, mate. Goal kicking. Mate, wouldn't that be another string to the bow? Any non-Teddy owners out there would be absolutely terrified. So TKO obviously is going to get a spell while he's on the park. So when he's off, might be good signs. James Tedesco has developed a little goal-kicking boot. So, I mean, he's 800K, but that could go that could go to the million mark if he's kicking goals at some point this year. You've just, you've just got to get, it, get him in. I don't care. Just break your side to do it. Get him from round one. You're going to have to do it at some point. But geez, if he's goal kicking when TKO is off, bang! No, no, uh, I'm not really sure how good he is at goal kicking. Could be some negatives coming through there. <laughs> I haven't heard the haven't heard the reports. But just looking at their opening draw, um, they've also got Penrith in round one, which shapes as a, a cracking game. And then you've got Manly Souths, another cracking game. Broncos, Bulldogs, Para, St George. Um, that there's some, some uh, definitely some super coach points to be had in that opening six weeks. So not having uh, Teddy looks like a pretty brave decision. Yeah, exactly. I think like he's he's that high price for a reason. He is averaging averaging up nearly a hundred last season. So I don't think there's any um, real questions about it. I think you just got to pull the trigger, get him in, build your side around him. It's as easy as that. Um, everyone's sort of talking about maybe he'll have a slow start to the year like he did last season, but um, based on the, where this Roosters side is at and even how they played over the weekend, I just can't see that happening. Yes, uh, I think you've got to be a very, very brave man uh, to do that. I think in the Mega Yard, the only contribution that I had, mate, was um, uh, first picked and second pick player in my side is James Sedesco. I'm not going to have another year where I go without having him. And just going back to uh, your comments about uh, slow start to the season last year, pretty slow, 39-85, 103-199 in these opening four games. Um, 
That 39 was just overshadowed by a few huge tons there, mate. Did you forget those? No, no, it was the two weeks he started at the the year with and everyone thought, oh, Teddy's gone. He's gone. He's uh, not worth the money anymore. And then bang, two weeks, two tons. Like that's all, that's what he'll do. He might have one down week every now and again, but geez, he's, a ton is just around the corner. I don't know how you get through a game if you don't own it. What a horrible watch. No, I did it last year and it was uh, like just throw the shoes of the yep. television kind of mode, just go on, turn it off. That, I remember that game when he scored 200, I think, and everyone captured him. It was a Sunday night. Uh, yeah, memories yeah. just straight, and then after that, I'm just like, "Fuck it, I'm bringing him in. I can't do this anymore. It's just, it's not worth playing Super Coach." I think I had you on the solo pod that um, that evening just to rub it in a little more. Enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, let's move to the Raiders, mate. Uh, Josh Hodgson. Um, he's obviously coming back from a pretty serious injury. Um, performed well, the reports uh, have said, and uh, could be a value um, picket hooker at 374k. Um, could be quite. Um, uh, important given that we're going to speak about Harry Grant a little bit later on his injury, but is he someone that you're looking at at all? No, not really. I've, I've, I mean, Hodgson. It's been a couple of years now since he's been really super coach relevant. Like 374k is still pretty bloody low for a guy of his um, his caliber. But I mean, the big question mark there is just how well he can come back from that that um, pretty serious knee injury there. So. I mean, I, he's going to get the starting spot. He's got a trial under his belt now, which is handy. Um, but again, he's going to split time with Tom Starling on the bench as well. So he's not going to get 80 minutes. Um, his creativity has dipped a little in the last couple of years as well. So, I mean, I don't think he's as out and out a gun as he once was in the game. So it's a bit of a risk early on. But um, sub yeah. 400K, I don't think he's going to go too um, uh, too high too early. So I think he's one you can watch. And uh, coming back from a couple of injuries and also not getting any younger as well. So um, uh, one, I think, though, to pay attention to, just depending on how Teamless Tuesday pans out. Uh, the last guy here we've got uh, noted is Joe Tappany. Um, so it reportedly played pretty well. Um, I'm I'm not sure if I could be jumping at him. He's priced to 500 and just a little bit below 550 starting at lock. However, um, in his last four games of 2020, where it did start in the number 13 jersey, he averaged 71 points per game at 1.34 points per minute, which is just massive. So he's not a player that, that you need uh, the big minutes for playing that position. And uh, is he someone that you're considering as a little bit of a pot option this year? No, I hadn't really because um, he's sort of at that awkward price there, that 540K, um, and, and I don't think the minutes are going to go too high. But it was actually that um, that's a Worldwide Fantasy Club on Twitter, um, great little Twitter handle they've got there. They did a little bit of a write-up on Tarpanay and they just pointed out how valuable he's been in, um, in pretty short stints last season, like 1.3-odd PPM when he was playing at lock. So, I mean, the numbers getting- are there. You getting any kickback there, JT? That I'm not aware of, mate. <laughs> uh, fingers in plenty of pies, mate. Don't you worry about that. Uh, but no, no, great little, uh, great little write up. I, I thought you, I thought you stopped talking about OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, what is it? Ten minutes in, we're already already one OnlyFans reference down. How good! But no, no, uh, it's, it's good, good to, to be back, mate. It's good to be back. <laughs> I mean, Tarpane. Speaking of back, surely Tarpane is he dead to you? After was it two years ago? You lost a stake bet on him. He went absolutely nowhere. Me lose a stake bet, mate. When? Well, you haven't paid it up, but I think in the if I go through the annals of our podcast history, I might find it. But um, oh, interesting side note: we will be at the Norman Hotel, the uh, all the Mega Guide Riders plus yourself in uh, in about a week's time to watch round one. So I think you're going to have to open up that wallet. 
All right, so the next game is the Storm versus the Knights. Um, the big takeaway from this, or two big takeaways, but um, Harry Grant looks set to miss uh, a few weeks, I think confirmed today by NRL Physio. Uh, MCL three weeks looking likely to miss for the start of the season, which is obviously pretty um, tragic news con- considering that a lot of people were um, were lining him up to be their starting hooker for in the Supercoach side. Yeah, like he was, um, he's a bit higher priced than Damien Cook to start the season, which just goes to show how good a year he had last season. But I mean, for the Storm, you lose Harry Grant, and you just replace him with Brandon Smith. I mean, the the depth that they have at that club is is unreal so it'll mean anyway that we don't have to worry too much about um trying to fit him in if you're going that way to start the season and you can sort of look elsewhere maybe go a bit cheap in that booking spot so i think it does ease a super coach headache but um yeah he'll be back and raring to go from probably i think three or four onwards but yeah brandon smith you lose nothing speaking about cheaper options in the hooking position mate and no i'm not going to go there (laughs) Uh, but 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 let's move on to uh, Connor Watson. Uh, so he looks like he's going to be playing at lock. Um, uh, he's available hooker, priced under three hundred k. He's obviously someone that has to come in right into play now for for us. Yeah, exactly. In dual positioned as well. So if not um, if not the hooker there, the the five eight spot you can fit him in. But um, yeah, I'm going him. He's the highest price hooker lol that I've got in um, in my side. So I've got him and Jake Little. So I'm going the cheap options to start the season. Um, not liking Damien Cook, who we'll get into later in the pod. But um, yeah, I mean, Connor Watson, if he's playing lock and he's getting you know 50 minutes, is I think where Lakey said he's going to be. Um, that's value right there. He's going to make money. Yeah, it's not like you to go the cheap hooking option. Yeah, mate. I thought uh, that'll that'll do. Rain it in. <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, what about, so, Pappy Golking, obviously, um, with uh, Turbo going down, that's just shut the gate, right? Um, lock and load, fullback combo for the year, Teddy and uh, Pappy as well. Um, just a position you don't need to worry about. Is that the way we're going to play this? Yeah, I talked a little bit about on last week's pod about RTS and some pod options there. Even in the mega guy, we talked Elise. about Dylan Edwards. Um, but, you know, like after he seemingly has won the goal-kicking duties from Cam Munster, I mean, that's just a string to the bow that um, that will pretty much make him, uh, yeah, unmissable. So from round one, lock and load i thought um i hadn't gone back and, and looked at his stats last year but i thought he might have been a little more up and down but he really did kick on in the back end of the year as well so coming into the season with some form he's a premiership winner now like ticks all the boxes get him in yeah I, and i think you i mean I'm, I'm no expert um but it seemed like uh first ghost in the starting position and it just took him maybe half a season to figure it out and then once they got going uh, it just made a whole heap of sense. And you just got to think as well with Harry Grant in that side, um, really quick ball getting out to um, Munster and Pappy. God, it's going to be pretty dangerous. It's just like a, a turbo of old or even a Teddy not owning that guy last season when he was going um, gangbusters really hurt as well. He just pops up everywhere. So I think the, the Storm aren't going to dip in quality this year. So yeah, you're not losing much there. Uh, the last guy, guy we've got here on the list, um, probably something maybe just a little bit left left of centre is uh, Christian Welch. So he's obviously been really unlucky with injury, but um, strung a few games together last year and um, I think he had 60 points per game over the final 10 games played. Uh, he's currently priced at a 51 average. What are your thoughts on him? Is, is he someone you're looking at at all or is he a bit of a, a, a mid-price trap? I think he's a bit of a trap personally. I mean, I was interested to see in the trial over the weekend, he actually started at lock. 
um, and potentially he'll play there to start the season with Brandon Smith moving to hooker. But the biggest thing for me is that you've got Naz and Jay Brom ahead of him. So he's already fighting for starting minutes and he's probably not going to get them long term. So I think, you know, priced at a 51 average, he might make a little bit of cash early on, but I don't think he's going to be that um, 60 plus sort of gun player that you're going to want to make um, a fair bit of money off of to start the year. So I reckon a bit of a trap, although he did have a pretty good year, breakout super coach season last year. Yeah, I think that's pretty much on the money. I mean, even if he increases the, to his the average of 60 that he had, he's not unlikely to be a season-long keeper, right? There's only two to three spots you've got there and you want to, you're going to want to bring in a Payne Haas at some stage. So the other um, gun you're going to have, whether it's a, a TKO or whether it's a James Fisher-Harris that you might talk about a little bit later on uh, or a, uh, Adam Fenua-Blake or something like that, even a Clemmer. Like you can't fit all these guys in. So for me, he's just probably a tier below them, uh, albeit that he's, he's potentially a bit underpriced uh, going to the year. Let's head to the Titans versus the Warriors. I'll let you take this one away. I mean, I think the biggest news coming out for me, and it's probably someone um, we haven't spoken about a lot in Supercoach parlance for a couple of years, but Wade Egan, he's injured. Uh, I've been eagerly checking the news to see how long he's out for because, well, I mean, he wasn't an option. It does affect a couple of guys in that side. So over the weekend, when Egan went off with his elbow injury, he, they actually have no genuine backup hooking options. So Bailey Sirinan and Jazz Tavanga split time there while he was off. And uh, with, with Lawton out long-term as well, they have literally no one to start the season at hooker. So what that might mean is that Jazz Tavanga for the first month or so, depending on how long Egan's out for, gets a start at the number nine spot where he's, he's played pretty well before, should get some big minutes. And we know what an absolute beast he is out there. So I reckon that might just firm him up in, uh, in Supercoach relevance, along with Tohu Harris. So Harris split time last season with um, Tavanga to close the season out, but before that was knocking around 80 minutes um, in the, the middle. Boy, there. Tohu, eh? Hey? Boy. So, I mean, if, if Tavanga's playing at nine, then that frees up Tohu for some bigger minutes as well. So, I mean, if this Egan injury is long-term, which we're still not sure about, um, it could make those guys very handy options to start the year. I'd, I'd completely gone off both of them. But um, yeah, I kind of think that makes it a little more interesting up in that second row. I don't think um, a year would go by without you slotting Tohu Harris into your side, mate. So, um, this uh, is not, uh, not unsurprising. It's going to hurt not uh, not going him to start the year, but before that, it was Elliot Whitehead that was my boy a couple of years back. Last year, it was Tohu, so who knows? Maybe I'll pick Cohen Hess and he'll have a career year. Oh, you wish. <laughs> um, what about for the Titans' uh, new recruits? Did either their, uh, their big money uh, young guns uh, perform at all? Well, I mean, Fafita, Dave Fafita did what um, he normally does. He was a little quiet. Then the other recruit, Tino Fa'asua Malawi, and I'm pretty sure you've got him banging your side after his effort over the weekend. He killed it. Yeah, I'm looking at him at just that prize of 500k and what he did over the this to, to finish the season, um, averaging way over where he's currently starting in price. He just looks like an absolute superstar, and the Titans are going to give him all the minutes, um, and he, he certainly increased those minutes um, or the, the game time of the year for the Storm last year, but he's going to, to start and um, you know, he's going to be uh, front and centre uh, mm. throughout the Titans, I think. So I can just see him having a, a serious, seriously good breakout year and uh, dual position forward option as well. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that gives him a string to his bow that uh, Dave Fafita doesn't have. So at the moment, I'm looking either either of them in the forward pack. I don't think you could go too wrong. But Dave Fafita has a habit of going in and out of some games, so he's not as set and forget as um, many, I guess, would think. So I reckon for a little bit cheaper, Tino F could be the guy. So I might even uh, have a play around with the side later and try to squeeze him in because he's great to watch. He just gets so much done out there. He's going to be the full-time lock now. Killed it for the storm when he was there. Titans are on the up. So, I mean, he's ticking a lot of boxes. I hadn't thought about him, but um, after the weekend, yeah, I think I might. I mean, just seeing how he finished the season last year, rounds uh, 11 to 18, average 74, and then also round 19 to 26, average 62 after starting the season with a, fir- a first 10-game average of 43. Um, so he's already broken out in Supercoach um, world, but this is the opportunity really to solidify himself as one of the top three to four um, second row forwards or top two front row forwards. I think he's got the game to do it and he's stu- still super young. So he's a player then, uh, that I'll be uh, definitely lobbing into my side because, as you said, just an incredible player to watch. Mm. That's it, and I really like the brand of footy that the titans look like they're they're going to play so um i think he threw an offload over the weekend as well if he can develop that a little bit more into his game um you know he's going to skyrocket in price so i think there's a lot of potential value there so i do like it so moving uh into the halves two guys that i just briefly wanted to cover here jamal fogarty who um uh, was really, really a bit of an unsung hero last year at the Titans and performed way better than probably what majority of people thought that he would do and also CHT at the at the Warriors. So um, they're two guys that are priced really similarly, around that 430K. Um, I think there's some talk around goal-kicking duties and a few other things for these guys and uh, whether they can really break out to that next level. Uh, and I have particularly seen CHT feature in a couple of sides um, recently, um, or potentially moving into being maybe one of a, I wouldn't say it's a pod, maybe a bit more of a little bit of a hype player now, um, where people are looking to to get players uh, because there's a pretty big gap between the guns and the rookies, or are, are there going to be any rookies available in the halves? So, um, uh, are you looking at either one of those two guys? No, I don't think so. I think they're kind of in that mid-price um, awkward range. Like, I mean, there is. Uh, potential for an uptick in value there with goal kicking and that sort of thing, but they're not proven super coach performers. So at that 400k plus sort of mark, there you'd really need um, something big. Maybe it's a team uh, structural change. I mean, I guess that that gives more weighting to a guy like Fogarty, um, who had a pretty good year last season in his first year in the grade. But CHT, the Warriors, um, you know, they haven't recruited that well and they're going to be playing all, all ha- first half of their season in Australia as well so there's a few things going against him there but I think you're, you're sort of searching for value where there might not be any so again I'm happy to sit back and watch these guys and maybe go a little bit cheaper in that those half spots as much or as cheap as you can go but um, yeah I mean I, d- I just don't see this huge rise in value that some others are seeing. Yeah I agree I think I, I said this through in the pre-pod um, notes but you, you, you need them either or both players to be increasing in value, the points per game by about 20 points per game to see an uplift of even 200K. Um, and you kind of feel that um, maybe 10 or so is possible, but they're just going to be stuck in that really awkward price. And I don't think you're going to be making too much money out of them or they're going to be jumping to that absolute um, elite keeper territory for the halves. So for me, I'll still be looking to go the double gun or gun cheapy route if possible. 
Um, but the double gun is probably looking like most likely depending on what, what happens. The last guy from this game, and it's quite a lot going on here, um, so spending a little bit of time in here, but um, Adam Fenua Blake uh, impressed, uh, I think, with the Warriors. All the reports coming out was that he played uh, quite well. Uh, 530K, um, he's another potentially underpriced front row forward gun. In 12 games last year and playing over 50 minutes per game, he averaged 66 points per game and he's currently priced at a 60 point per game average. So um, unlike a Christian Welch who we spoke to before, I think that uh, Adam Fenua Blake definitely has the ability to be in the top two to four front row forwards to finish the year. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he's, there's value to be made there for him because a few of those stints last season were, I think, off the bench and he was sent off in one game and he, he just had a very up and down sort of year and split time with Marty Tapao as well. So a lot of power in that forward pack, but possibly takes on a bigger role in this Warriors pack. I mean, there's not a lot of other guys around him, so may get, you know, a five-minute sort of increase in his in his average minutes to that 55, even 60 mark. But again, he's just such a hard guy to trust. So I was a Mentioned it last last pod when he was talking about him, and you know he's just a brain explosion away from getting suspended or sin bin, whatever it might be. So, has a great super coach game, but again, I don't tend to like going big forwards in uh, in new sides. Uh, I think they have a, a tendency to take a little bit of time to adapt and, and fit in. So for me, it'll be a, a wait and see again for AFB. I've gone elsewhere in uh, in front row. Uh, for the next game, we've got Sharks first the Bulldogs, and mate to. Completely honest, I struggled to really take too much away from this game for super coach wise. The one main one is that uh, Moylan, uh, Manny Moylan, has uh, come through unscathed. The hamstring hasn't pinged just yet, but he's priced under 300k available in the halves or at 5.8 and looks like he could be a legitimate option there with not so many other cheaper options going around in that, that position. I think if rumour is true, um, you may have him in your side at the moment. I do, and it's more out of necessity given I've got all these, you know, Nathan Cleary's and James Tedesco's that I'm sort of relying on his hamstrings to hold firm for just a few a few months maybe to get some value. But again, 250K for Matty Boylan. We know he's a talent. His problem is just staying on the park. So I think at 5'8 as well, he'll be quite heavily involved in this attack. Um, the Sharkies, yeah, they're an okay side on the day. And then... Matty Morland's got some cash to make there. So I think it's a relatively risk-free option. Um, you know, he's not going to score 20s. He's a pretty handy player. It's just whether or not we're trading him out in two weeks' time because he's got an injury. But, I mean, that's yeah. that's luck and that's super coach. Kind of got to got to risk it. But um, anyway, for now, I think the price is right for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the way I'm kind of looking at it more so now. It just seems too good to pass up at that price. And if it means that I need to spend up big in uh, the halfback position, then that's... Um, that's okay. Um, so let's move along to the next guy that uh, I know some people have been talking about as well. Is it Kyle Flanagan? He's kicking goals, but it's far too expensive at over 520k. I think. What about you? Uh, how many goals is he even going to kick for this dog side? I mean, that's the that's the big uh, big question mark there. Very highly priced. We just talked about CHT and, and Fogarty being that awkward price. Flanagan's even more awkward than them. So this dog side, geez, we. They're an absolute um, basket case at the best of times. So well, who knows what Trent Barrett's going to do with them. But um, anyway, for me, Kyle Flanagan's a no-go despite the goals. Like at the end of the day, it's the Bulldogs. How many goals are they going to kick? Yeah. Let's move along to the Dragons versus the Rabbitohs and what was an absolute whitewash uh, here. It looks like it's going to be a pretty long and sorry season for the Dragons this year. 
Um, and what we will do as well is I think the next few teams that we're about to cover, we're, we're going to be discussing them in a bit more detail because they're part of JT's uh, foursome that he's going to be running through after our ad break. And um, we'll, uh, we won't spend too much time on them because we're going to be uh, spending a, a fair bit more um, in, in about 10 minutes or so. So just uh, maybe to, let's just cover the Dragons players. Um, and was there anything there that caught your eye? No, unfortunately, you know, I was looking out for Max Fiengai, the cheapy center wing, uh, to get a start. He didn't. Um, Jordan Pereira got a start over him. Cody Ramsey played pretty handily as well. Uh, we'll talk a bit about him later on, but um, he's another sort of cheapish option at center wing there. But outside of that, Jack Bird got through the game again for the Dragons, but I don't even think he's an option. So playing at center. So anyway, not a lot to love in that Dragon side for mine. Let's move along then to the Panthers versus the Eels. Similar with the Panthers, we're going to discuss them uh, in a bit more detail later on. For the Eels, um, one thing to, to note coming out of there, it looks like Moses and Madison have shifted to the left. So what, what kind of impact does that have on, on Madison's game? Don't know, mate. I'm not Wilfred. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in, in fair, you know, I, I don't really know. The Eels side are just such an enigma. I mean, they played... Pretty good footy for part of the year last year and just completely regressed um, to close it out. So whether or not this um, shift takes a little while for them to... Um, I can't recall. I think Maddo's played on both sides of the field over his last two or three seasons in the grade. So I don't think it'll be too unfamiliar to him. But um, yeah, I, I've no idea why they've done the move or what super coach implications it'll have. Um, anyway, we'll see. You've got. I think you're talking to Wilfred later this week. Just ask him. Oh, joys of life. <laughs> well, as you um, said before, we are not experts. I think you are. <laughs> put that very... That's, that's very, very true. Uh, one Panthers guy that I have just lobbed down in here, because he, I know he's not in the, the – don't think he's in the Meg guy because he's not even in the, the game yet, but Jermaine Hopgood. Um, so he just got elevated to the 30-man squad of the day of the game. Reports were that he played um, reasonably well. So he's just a player maybe to watch uh, for a – should come in at a real basement cheapy price. Hmm. No, I like it. The more the merrier later in the year, I'm sure we'll need him. Broncos versus the Cowboys. Do we have to? Yeah, I was waiting for it. Um, okay, here's the 45-minute uh, uh, We're not going to talk about the Cowboys because we're covering them – uh, at um, at your pleasure and yeah. my absolute loathing um, it very shortly. But a um, few reports coming out today. It looks like Kevy is just locked in Tommy Dearden for that starting halves uh, role against uh, Anthony Milford. Uh, look, the Broncos are going to struggle this year and, and I can't see um, – they're definitely not going to be like the sides in the past where um, there's a lot of points in with them. I think they're going to have lots of losses and lots of blowouts the other way. Um uh, but Tom Dearden does look like a serious talent. Is he someone that you would be thinking about at all, or is his current price at 370k just way too awkward? No, I'm just not sure what his role is in your Broncos side. Like, is he going to be the the linchpin of the attack, and is Milford going to take a you know a back seat like he's done for five odd years? But um, it did, and he's 19, I think, maybe 20, and you know he's a absolute rookie. So trying to um give him this Broncos debacle of a side and, and have him steer them around the park. Like I think like in the trial, he'll have a the odd flash of brilliance. But um, outside of that, I, I struggle to see a lot of points um, from him this season, super coach wise. So 370, it's not the worst price, but I think 
if you're paying that sort of money for him starting the year, you'd want to see a pretty good run for the Broncos, which I don't think they have. So I don't know. I'd be um, I'd be steering away. But you are a little down on them, mate. You guys were eighteen six at halftime here and looking like absolute world beaters. And then um, one of my other mates said Anthony Seabold must have zoom dialed in for the halftime speech because they came out pretty much like a Seabold coach side would last season. But yeah, there's a little bit to love. Like Jermaine Osako, he, he played fullback. He probably let in about three tries due to poor positioning, which is um, standard for him. But outside of that, fit in relatively well in the attacking framework. Um, you know, I've, I've don't think many will touch him from a super coach perspective until they see a bit more from him there. Even Matt Lodge, um, he's trying to get some starting minutes in him with Payne Haas out. I think he probably got a month of value um, out of him before Haas comes back. But even in the trial, it looked like he was putting in. So, I mean, that was good signs. And by far and away, I reckon your best player was an ex-Cowboy, Johnny Asiata. So, he hopefully... Um, with a bit of luck, could firm himself into the starting 13 jersey. I know Wilfred's spoken a little bit about it. He'd probably need to bump TPJ out of there and move him sort of into the prop or even second row. But um, Asiata was probably one of your best on the field. He'd be a decent super coach option if TLT plays nice. Well, mate, we've also got the next Sonny Bill Williams as well uh, playing on the edge and uh, Jordan Ricky. Oh, I don't think you need to say anything more about him. There's some certain guys in this game where it's just uh, lock and load. I think I saw enough from him in that All-Stars game. He's a gun. You've, uh, you guys have got a good one there. So I begrudgingly will put another Bronco into my Supercoach side from round one. If you're, you're yeah. not backing him, you're, you're doing it wrong. I've currently got Lodge there. Just um, the value that you've said in terms of um, – uh, he's starting the season average at 34. I mean, if he can get back to the 55 minutes he did in 2019, then, um, you know, he's every chance of being a pretty good cash cow uh, there. And then the other Broncos that I've got in my seat side, mate, is um, we've spoken about Ricky Asiata. He's in my side as well. And then Tessie New is an interesting one. If he can lock in that center wing spot, he potentially is a player that people um, should think seriously about too, um, price of 230K. But uh, for, for my liking, mate, Far too many of the Broncos in my side this year. I think they're going to have a, a, a horrific a horrific season. Um, before we move on to the Tigers first season, I've got a pretty funny story about Tom Dearden. Um, he's In his rookie game for the Broncos, I was uh, I was at the game as I, I normally tend to do uh, and then um, also had a, a few beers at the game as I tend to do and then the um, plan was to head up to Caxton there and that's when pre-COVID, so that was when people were still, you know, out there having fun and could mm. socialise. The road was closed, and and what do I see about forty-five minutes after being there? Turn around, it's Tom Tom did in full Broncos kit, <laughs> full Broncos kit, and I'd had a few beers, and I said, "Mate, what are you doing?" He said, "I'm walking to the trade station." Oh, he was so on he's, Caxton he's, Street. Well, well, he's on Caxton Street, but I'm just like, "Hey, on Milton Station is the other way." I reckon that that guy. He's wanted to be seen in his Broncos kit and walked the whole way up because he wanted to go to Roma's, um, Roma's Street Station. <laughs> <laughs> like, good on him. He was full kit. He had, he had, he had sort of the Broncos jersey, the shorts. He had a shower with his, with his, uh, uh, like a, a, a one night bag over his shoulders. Mm. Well, full credit to the kit. You didn't That's offer awesome. him a kebab or a beer? What kind of Broncos fan are you? I was a bit nervous, mate. <laughs> Star stuff. Yeah, he's, Time's he's Next, Darren Lockyer. Yeah, right. Times are tough in Brisbane at the Broncos if you can't even afford a bloody Uber home. But, you know, good on him. Yeah, well, uh, I think it was 18 or um, – yes, 18 at the time. Um, 
Moving along then to the last game, Tigers versus Sea Eagles. The Tigers have did an absolute number on the Sea Eagles here. Uh, so probably just going to focus in on on them. Um, three players of note that I've got listed here. You'll probably have maybe one or two more potentially. First one, Dane Laurie, uh, just is similar to what you're talking about with Jordan Ricky. He just seems like just an absolute lock, right? Yeah, I think he's done well enough in this game here to sew that fullback spot up and by um, dealing with injuries. So hopefully he gets the inside running and based on how he played, I don't think they'll look back. I think he looks a pretty handy option for them and don't they need it? it uh, it's good to see anyway, but um, Leichhardt pretty well packed and, and the Tigers doing well. It's good for rugby league, but uh, for Supercoach anyway, lock Dane Laurie in, thank God. Uh, another uh, similarly priced player, James Roberts. So he's obviously transferred from the borough to uh, to Leichhardt this year and um, at 270K, he's an interesting proposition. He is. I mean, he's not... Um, yeah, that 270 is very, very um, valuable based on what he's done in the game previously, but I think everyone's just sort of got question marks on his long-term injury, staying away from ability, and even how he fits into this Tiger side. But by all reports, did pretty well. In this game, so I think um, you know, given an extended run on the park, he's going to make you possibly a hundred k if he gets uh, going pretty early on. But I think the worry is just the Tigers in general. They had a good game here, but um, yeah, long term, I'd be interested to see them turn it around because they looked like wooden spoon candidates in our mega guide preview. So anyway, good signs for him. But James Roberts again, he's a well risky, but uh, the price looks okay. Well, uh, and I guess one of the key things with him this year is going to be playing uh, inside of David Nofaloma as well. So mm. if they can um, get some quick early ball and, and then set up uh, Nofo, then that could be a deadly combination this year. Have you thought about putting Nofo into your side from round one? Uh, he's been in there all up until today, actually. 670K. I mean, it's it's so much to pay, but he was so consistent last year. I think that was always his problem in Supercoach, but last season he just killed it from basically round one on. So it's, a, it's always a big thing, right? You don't want to go too high in the centre wings early because generally we have a lot of cheapies in there, but, you know, we don't really this season. There's not a lot of standout candidates. So what was it that made you move him out? Uh, just that I've found quite a lot of guys in that 200K to 300K um, mark that I'm keen to have in my side. So at the moment I've got uh, Laurie, we've spoken about uh, Charlie Staines, about to cover. Uh, Roberts is is in there. Uh, Simonson star is there. Uh, Fusatua as well. He's had a year off due to COVID back 250k. I think there's money to be made there. Jason Saab and then Tessie New at the moment. So no bottom price rookie and there's probably going to be one or two that'll come along that I'll flick out um, depending on team list Tuesday. But just seeing how uh, fewer other cheapies are available in other positions. Again, I'll probably be going really cheap um, in centre wing to try and really make this my cash generation um, section and then uh, probably go double gun, half back, double gun, full back and then load up as well um, at uh, potentially 5'8", where I'm thinking about starting with Cody and also uh, Munster. Mm. It's an interesting one because, I mean, not a lot of people are going to start uh, a high priced in the centre wing. So if you're going to ever get uh, on the jump here, it could be a no-fo. A lot of those guys that you mentioned, the James Robertson, Fusatua, Saab, all those sort of guys, I've got them as well. The thing is, they're, they're, um, you know, we're sort of hoping they start the year off with a bang, fall over the line a few times. But every chance, based on their last season form, that they don't. And so if you do lock in a, a guy like no from the get-go, you could, um, could be in pretty handy territory there. 
I mean, if you, it, it'd mean you have to sacrifice somewhere else. I've already sacrificed at Hooker because I've got, you know, Connor Watson there. Fullback, I've, I've loaded up there. I think you can't um, not have Teddy in, as we've said. So I don't know. Maybe I downgrade a, a half or something, get a, a jump on a center um, that a lot of people probably will be scared off from price wise. Because I think the gap between him and some of the others is, is pretty high. It is. But the uh, one thing just to take note before we take a, a quick break and come back with your analysis of the four sides is that the Tigers start the year with the Raiders, Roosters, uh, Newcastle, Para. Um, so that's pretty tough. And then they've got an easy win against your boys <laughs> and, then they play, and then they play South. So that is a pretty demanding opening six weeks of the season and we, they could be uh, 5-1. Hmm. Uh, and what does that mean for Nofo then as well? And and we have seen how many times do we see it, mate? And and I know that you and I have been making a little bit of fun about uh, potentially uh, putting together a um, given that Joe's not doing the commandments this year, but putting together a bit of a manifesto of the the must dos and don'ts of picking a super coach side. And the one thing for me is um, uh, that centre wing that's been either in the top five probably the year before and just picking him again has been. It's crazy how many times those guys then go on to fail the year after um, because that top five position is, is is if you compare it with any other position, it's the one that is the most unpredictable. That's it, yeah. It all, all seems to ebb and flow with how their teams go and you know how, how much quality ball they get because for a winger, your tries can dry up. Happened to Mansour. It's happened to Nofo before as well. I think the, the golden rule, I reckon, for that center wing spot is if you're going to go large, make sure it's actually large. Don't try to stick in like a Jesse Ramian like I did last season just to get some value there. So I reckon if you're going to go hard, go hard. But um, no, not a, not a bad point there. We have seen a lot of regression in this game at that center spot. All right, buddy, let's take a quick break now. We're, uh, holy shit, we're already 40 minutes through and we haven't Classic. even started. Bloody hell. We've still um, got an hour-long Morgo segment to come. Geez, stick around. Uh, that'll be the death of me. Um, okay, we'll be back uh, and then jump straight back into the Cowboys, I think. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I know you've been waiting a long time to do this. It's the analysis of the Cowboys. Uh, please limit yourself. Keep your <laughs> pants on. Uh, but over to you. What, who, do they actually have any studs this year? Mate, it was uh, slim pickings, and it got even slimmer with the news that Jason Taumalolo, a guy that I had down as an A, thank you. Oh, I could I could talk all over the top of this, but the pants will definitely be coming off. But no, Taumalolo, he's down for reduced minutes this year. New coach Toddy Payton's coming in and shaking things up and saying he wants a return to 2015 Taumalolo, where he's playing sort of 50-odd 
minutes and getting a bigger stint on the bench. So super coach wise, that scared a lot of people off. Be interested to see in terms of quality over quantity what that means for him. We know he's got a bit of an offload these days, but a reduced minutes tell Malola, unfortunately, puts him out of my calculations. Um, I think they're, they're trying to manage his workload a bit. So, what do they park him on an edge, which has basically been death for him, super coach wise? That could also happen as well as the reduced minutes. So Jason Tamalolo was our only gun I had in the Mega Guide here. And with that news that dropped pretty much as soon as the Mega Guide did, I reckon that's uh, that's pushed him from A to B territory. At his price, mm. I'm, I'm willing to uh, sit back, wait and see. But currently, he is not in my side. That's a big, big call. I, I support that. Um, and I, I think just you made a couple of really, well, lots of valid points, but the key one there for me is just to see what Peyton wants to do. Uh, new coach, you've got no idea how this side's going to uh, going to straighten up so uh, or, and turn up and how what the rotation's going to be like. So it seems like a pretty smart move to avoid him this year. Let's move along to the others. So that's the only stud that we've got listed here. There's a bunch of other guys that I think are worthwhile discussing. Let's start with Val Holmes, uh, the ex-New York Jet. Mm, ex, uh, yeah, NFL great. Um, he's an interesting one. He's had a lot of uh, a lot of supporters in the Supercoach world over the preseason there because he is dual position center wing fullback, so he's a handy one to stick in. Um, biggest thing is if Jake Clifford's not there, he'll take over the goal kicking. Um, so that's a, a handy one for him there. But he's a pretty awkwardly priced character there. I haven't looked at him at all. I haven't bothered uh, checking in with him. Not only that, but he's also been shoveled to the wing for some of these trial games and you know, moved around it between fullback and there so I think he will play fullback to start the year but I don't like the risk that if things don't go well for us to start the year they shove him back to wing that um, will basically kill him as an option so he's a little too risky for me and in fairness Val Holmes doesn't have a really big super coach history at fullback where he's been a genuine gun I reckon that's the that's the big thing he had that run at Cronulla a couple of years back, but outside of the last, I mean, last year was a bit up and down, a lot of injuries, didn't get much going. So I think uh, there's plenty of question marks on staying away. There is a legitimate op- like um, sense, of re- like a reality or something that could happen here that he could be a top three center wing by the end of the season. Um, just thinking about in terms of the fact that uh, a year returned uh, to the the NRL is just settling back in. Uh, obviously, need to do a bit with his body to transition back to um, the way that the NRL has played versus the NFL. New coach, um, are they just going to lock him in at fullback rather than pushing him out to wing? Goal kicks. Um, potentially, you've got a guy that's just going to re-break out again because if we think about what he did at Cronulla that year, um, you know that, that is just absolutely elite territory. So um, he's a guy that I won't be starting with the start of the season, but absolutely someone that I'll be keeping a very close eye on who could potentially um, take over from Nofo as maybe the, the, the number one starting centre. Hmm. I mean, he's priced at a almost sixty point average. So unless he goes out and um, you know starts hitting eighties right from the get go, I don't think we'll have to worry too much about uh, bringing him in early on. And we've got a bit of a tough draw as well to start the year. So the whole season's a tough draw. Mate, we played the Broncos twice. Thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, it's wins for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, in anyway, anyway, for me, Val Holmes too high price to start round one, and I think Nofo's a more proven performer for about a hundred k. Um, higher than Val. So I'll be sitting back, hoping from an NRL perspective he does well. But for, for Supercoach, I just don't see him ever really reaching that 
proper gun territory, but would love to be proven wrong. Before we move on to the next guy, I forgot to do something that I was planning on uh, doing at the start of the uh, of the Cowboys. I, I just wanted to to say congratulations, JT. Why is that? The, uh, the Strand today just got named as the number one beach in Australia. Did it really? Well, they clearly haven't been to the Cairns Esplanade, which I am sort of looking out over at the moment here, and the beautiful, constantly tired out beach they've got here but um no all the more reason for us to get up there mate and see a cowboys game live in action from the new stadium i would i would like to do that as well so if there's anyone out there who'd like to sponsor the trip um <laughs> i'll send you personal details um all right moving along to the ex-bronco josh mcguire you've just got pretty simple simple here and i agree regression candidate so um there's been a few spruiking him but you know value there if lolo or mclean are out yeah, and that's it. And they're both, well, McLean's under an injury cloud at the moment. But I think, um, yeah, Maguire was getting 70-odd minutes when either of those guys were out last season. That sort of boosted his his points because he just takes rubbish hit-ups, um, does the Paul Gallon effect, just makes stupid settling runs when we're in attack, does nothing but bumps his tackle and run stats up. Uh, stat pads. So in any case, if uh, Lolo and Maguire and McLean are fit, Maguire just becomes that um, don't bother with him. I mean, if eye gouging had super coach points, you'd have him inside straight away. Oh, swearing at the referee in possession while we were ahead against the storm uh, and getting Sinbin. Who gets Sinbin for swearing? What an absolute clown. Anyway, Maguire, I wish he would go back to you guys. But anyway, he's my grub now. <laughs> Let's move on to the uh, the final guy that we're going to talk about at the Cowboys, Reese Robson. I don't think he's the final one, but uh, we'll have our own little segment for this other guy, Reese Robson. <laughs> um, yeah, no, not a no for me because he's he's a handy enough NRL player, but I don't really like um, guys that are this high priced. He's almost five hundred k, and he's not an eighty minute or even possibly sixty minute hooker. Ruben Cotter's come out in the preseason, played quite well for the All Stars. Um, Jake Granville had a decent game for once. He was um, he's been training the house down, as they say. So I see them pinching a fair few minutes off Robson this season. So without the the certainty of sixty plus minutes in his game, I think five hundred k is too much to pay. It is, and should we move straight along to the south? So Michael Morgan uh, had him down at a B. I think someone corrected that. Uh, should have been an A triple plus <laughs> dual positioned half five eight, priced under four hundred k. In all fairness, he had a very quiet I'm game. Sorry before, I, mean, I swear, <laughs> I swear, we've heard this before. Uh, we did. I want a stake, uh, courtesy of him, off you last season. So I'll be claiming that one. Um, but no, in fantasy, he had a pretty quiet return uh, to the field after a pretty luckless 2020. He's been all at sea, basically, with injuries. For- <laughs> Most of the great player in the NRL. <laughs> right, he, uh, he's not. A- we're not talking about Milford here, mate. Uh, but no, in fantasy, he had a quiet game against you guys there, sort of settling back into the role a bit. So I think he'll definitely warm up as the season rolls Can't on. back in as a million-dollar player, mate. you got to be straight How do into I mute it? you? I really miss being a host here. <laughs> Um, I've currently got him in the side, though. I'm backing him. Uh, we'll somehow find a way. I've kicked Moylan out, actually, as we've been doing this pod, and gotten Morgo in. So, uh, you know, yeehaw, ride him, Cowboys. In a lot of room to grow there. But, again, it's the injury worry for me. If he can stay on the park, he's a good option. Even in his limited games last year, he did pretty well, mate. We sat there and watched him score a double when you had some other clown against him. So, And just the shitness of him, though, overweight. <laughs> that so <laughs> no and, and he's a queenslander too so 
Yeah, exactly. He's got all. He's no, mate, he's a grand final winner. Ticks all the boxes. But in fairness, he's had uh, seasons of you know fifty-five plus, even nudging up to sixty there. So priced where he is, there's there's room to grow. But the biggest question mark is his longevity. I think his biggest uh, biggest question here is actually ability as a super coach option because in it, to be real here, I mean we we heard this two years ago and he was priced very similarly. Everyone goes all about more go. You've got to have him that cheap mm. option. A lot of a lot of people started with him and he just. I know you're, you're a fan. Um, you love him. You'd marry him. Your kids are going to be called Thurston and Morgo. But um, you've got to admit that he has failed to deliver on a super coach front. No, I think definitely, and and you know that that season everyone's talking. I think twenty nineteen it was when he took over and JT retired, and, and you know he got nothing going, despite having a fair bit of hype, the odd good game, and and then last season was obviously a write off for him with injury. So you're sort of relying on him to go back to that um, role he played three years ago when he took us to the grand final, and I think that. You know, it's a it's it's a big risk, and obviously, if I wasn't a Cowboys fan, I'm probably not even looking at this guy. But um, anyway, if, if his role moves more towards a running five eighth, uh, where he did play in the grand final and, and and that sort of thing, I think he's got value there. But I just don't think he's shown enough in that um, halfback leading the side around long term to be much value. So I reckon if Jake Clifford ends up playing, he'll take on more of the reins in attack, and Morgo will chime in at. Uh, running the ball when he plays his best. But if he's juggling with drink water, I might stay away just because I don't think there's a lot of value there with him at um, basically halfback. I, I just can't um, – and we're going on way too long about me. <laughs> it's you, mate. I was done. But I, I, um, I, uh, I just can't justify the additional um, 130K over Moylan at 5'8". They could produce very similar um, scores and, and both have the injury – concern and risk associated with them so i think on that basis you kind of just need to to take the guy that's 250k and, and not run um with the the effectively a very similar option um would be the and, I, and you know what if the roles were reversed and the prices were reversed i'd be picking more go so um, that's how i'll start the year two guys here that you've just said you're not keen about um and you kind of feel that they're going to make their way into sides somehow because they always do is cohen hess and, and eason masters so um, the reports are that Eastern Masters looked a lot fitter uh, on the weekend. Mm. Are you definitely staying away? I am. I mean, he was off the bench as well, extended bench. He wasn't even the first picked centre. That was Hamizo. So the risk there with SN Masters is one or two bad games and he gets a punt from new coach Peyton who doesn't look to be mucking around. So SN is value on his day, but 430-odd K for a guy that might be out of the side from you know round two if he's even there from round one that's the big question so not goal kicking like he was back when he had that one good year so no he's a definite no from me all right let's move on to uh south and we've got we're going to cover south and panthers next and there's a heap of uh super coach relevant players to to focus on um uh, so we need to move on from your boys unfortunately for you let's start with the studs and there's plenty of them at south uh the first one that i've got here is latrell mitchell it's just it's really disappointing um because it was a guy that i actually went straight back into my side today went to center wing typed in mitchell to find him to put him in to replace nofo actually because i just said he the souths are going to get off to an absolute flyer i can i can see mitchell just you know, scoring a few hundred and fifties in that those opening few weeks, um, judging by what happened on the weekend, uh, lo and behold, he's only available at fullback. So that pretty much just ends ends it for him this year, really, doesn't it? I mean, it it 
doesn't help his value super coach wise but i mean we saw over the weekend he was killing it in that fullback role but i think his problem has always been that it's he's so heavily reliant on those moments of attacking brilliance because otherwise he gets base of you know 20 points a game just doesn't involve himself hides behind the ruck he's an absolute we talk about pappenhausen and, and the like being great to own and watch latrell's the complete opposite he's so painful as an owner watching this guy just plot around on the field he'll then chime in randomly with a couple of like massive try assists but again he's um just such a risky player to take on early in the year particularly coming back from injury i know he played pretty well but it was against the dragons um i think for his price you've got to sit back and watch how he settles into the role at least this year he's got full that stint at fullback under his belt but um yeah if unfortunately i'd probably look at him at center wing but at fullback there's too many other options Yep. Yeah, I mean, we've got uh, Ponga to come back. We've got Turbo to come back. So it's just, it, it's, you almost, you need four positions at fullback. It's a real, real shame. Anyway, um, let's move on uh, to Cody Walker, who uh, put in a cracking performance on the weekend. Um, the big thing with him that I can see is that, um, and well, before we get to that, uh, averaged 85 in his last 10 games last year, including the 200 points in, in round 20. But uh, I think that majority of that was out without Mitchell. So what happens now when Mitchell comes back into the site? Well, we saw on the weekend they both linked up together um, at one point there. Mitchell provided him an offload for a try. But, um, I mean, Luttrell tends to, to float more on that um, that right edge. So whether that means the ball goes away from Cody's left uh, could hurt him a little bit. But I think we've seen enough out of Walker historically, no matter who he's sort of paired up with or who they've got in the side. He's averaged 60-plus per game since 2017. Um, for a 5'8", we know how volatile that position can be. And um, when you think about volatility, you think Cody Walker, but that's pretty handy consistency from him. So I'm actually on the train. I don't think – I can't recall ever really being on a on the Walker train before. I don't think I've ever owned it. But uh, after that effort on the weekend there, just the way he was carving them up, um, I know he'll have a down game here and there. But I've flicked from Munster, uh, given he's not goal-kicking, and I've gone Cody Walker. I reckon Rabbits look pretty uh, prime for a, a good season here. I like the addition of Jai Arrow as well, who we'll talk to a little bit there. He should um, open up that side with a few offloads and things like that. So I reckon the Rabbitohs look pretty uh, pretty set for a good year here, and I reckon Cody's going to be uh, basically steering that around. Yeah, the only thing is we've seen just that consistency just to stay there. Can he play out a whole season and just deliver, which is what you want from your stud um, half. Uh, I'm I'm looking at what you're saying, um, zigging away from Munster. Um, I'm actually seriously contemplating having both Cody and Munster in the side. All depends on what cheapies we have available Teamless Tuesday because at the moment I've got um, – I've got Moylan in there just out of necessity, but hopefully that changes it. I can go with a, a, a rock basement, say 170 guys somewhere else, and then um, bring those to him. So I think that you, you're looking at your your top two five eights right there. Yep, hard to hard to argue there. Jerome Luai could have a, a shout at that spot um, later, but we'll uh, we'll talk to him. But for now, I think um, I think Walker and Munster. Geez, if you're locking those two in, it's going to be a little. It's going to be a fun watch. Munster's got a, a little nicer floor to him. And Cody Walker, he looks like, uh, as we said for Latrell Mitchell, could be a tough watch. But, geez, when he's on, he's on. Uh, Damien Cook. So he was just, uh, what, 10 or so points the uh, 
best hooker going around in 2019, really up and down 2020. Uh, and you've got, as your notes from the weekend, was really quiet uh, again. And um, there's a there is a genuine risk here that you can be the um, you know the third wheel behind Latrell and Cody from an attacking perspective. Um, we'll get through plenty of base of what we know, but um, whether he can line up against the likes of a Harry Grant, even an Appy Corusau, uh, and even you know Connor Connor Watson potentially if you can hold on to that that uh, the lock position. Um, what are your thoughts on Cook? You, would you be spending the big bucks early on, or is he someone that you're just going to really wait and see and, and potentially bring him in later down the later down the road? Yeah, I, I think I'm sitting back and watching him. I've got him as an A in the guide, but um, watching that trial over the weekend was he was just very quiet, and that's what he did um, not for large parts of last season, but more often than you'd want from a guy that high priced at hooker. Like we know what he can do, and he'll have the odd explosive game, but. Um, some of his stats have just been on a dip over the last season or so. So, you know, offloading uh, 0.4 times a game compared to one over 2018 and 19. So, one a game. Um, not breaking the line as often either. Only one line break every four games compared to one every two in 2018-19 when he was going large. So, there's a, there's a bit there to suggest he's um, on somewhat of a downward trend. And uh, given he, his lack of involvement over the weekend, I'd be a little worried splashing that kind of cash out so early so I might have gone um yeah a little uh too uh, guns ablazing for this guy here with an a rating so i think uh yeah i'd be steering clear as you said there's a there's some decent value propositions at hooker now so damien cook um yeah he's gonna have to start the year with a bang to to catch my eye but um you know he, he averaged 70 last season despite being what we thought was a pretty quiet one so he's got the odd big game in him to bump that average up but um not quite the cook of old all right let's move on to the final start from south uh you rated him an a as well and the mega guide uh josh mansell obviously makes his way from the panthers and you said here that he's going to be playing on the right on the left edge um which should uh, reap a lot of benefits and tries for him. Is he someone that you're willing to spend the cash on at centre wing and just get him from round one? I mean, it's, again, a similar boat to Nofo there. You're already splashing out so much cash here. But I reckon a guy like um, Mansour, if you can find a way to squeeze either him in, I mean, he's 60-odd K cheaper than Nofo. But new side, plenty to prove. He got bumped out for Charlie Staines, which has got to sting him being a, a pretty – well, veteran of that Penrith um, Penrith side there. So left edge for the Rabbitohs has historically been pretty fruitful. you got Cody Walker feeding him the ball out there as well. So I reckon Mansell has sort of turned the corner from that um, that ACL injury he was pretty slow in coming back from. Last season, he was scoring tries for fun, which he hasn't always done. So I reckon moving to this Rabbitohs side, he loses nothing and he's got a point to prove. So always like centres with attitude or centre wings with attitude. So um, much the same expected from him. I reckon, um, yeah, possibly flip a coin if you're going to go large, Nofo or this guy. Um I reckon he's an A. I've rated him an A for a reason. There, he's he's a he's a gun. No injury clouds over him, so I can see a pretty good start to the year for him. So one of the things which really separated him from the other centre wings was the base stats that he's historically produced. How do you see that um, going this year? You've um, obviously Latrell Mitchell's not going to take too many hit ups from the back, but you've got guys like Alec Johnson, Dane Gagai, and also Campbell Graham, which we're going to talk to a little bit earlier that can run the ball up uh, on that first tackle. Um, do you think he's going to get as much as an, op- uh, as, much as, as an opportunity as what he did at the Panthers to do that? 
Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting, like Latrell, as you said, doesn't take hit-ups. So, the the back line has to sort of pick up his slack. So, um, Mansell fielding those kick returns as well and even being on the end of um, end of kicks down the other end of the field. I don't see that base falling away at all. Um, hopefully, Wayne doesn't um, tell him to put away the offload or, or not come in for work and that kind of thing. Can't see it happening. So, I reckon um, Mansell will be as reliable as ever. All righty, mate. Let's uh, keep running along because we are definitely um, – we're almost – we'll probably finish this pot at, at midnight and um, I need my beauty sleep. So we'll keep cracking along. Uh, the others, uh, Cameron Murray you've got first on the list there. Um, he's always been someone that's been flirting around the edges of being a, an absolute super coach gun but hasn't quite um, been able to deliver. He pulls the odd, odd game off here and there. He's a fantastic uh, rugby league player. Do you think he's got an opportunity to, or the ability, even um, in terms of to get the production that he needs to really go to that next year, and that you're maybe rating him as an A in the in the meg guy? Yeah, I had him as a B. Um, my biggest question mark was Jai Arrow. What the addition of him does to the side? Arrow looks to um, well, he hasn't bumped Murray from his preferred lock position, so Murray's going to start at thirteen, where he is of some value at Supercoach, but. I mean, last season he averaged a, a career high sixty-seven minutes a game, so I don't see that rising too much. Um, it might even go back, given he's playing at um, at lock full time. You'd think. So I mean, he's he's always got value there. You know what he can do. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's potential for some regression there with with the likes of Arrow coming into the side there. Um, Murray just sort of needs a bit of stability about where he plays on the field, so. I kind of think he at at six hundred k is he's more expensive than the likes of Tino and and even David Feeder who we've spoken to, so I reckon he's uh, not without his risk. But um, geez, he's a good player to watch. Mate, just looking at this starting uh, Rabbitoh side, you can see why they're Premiership favourites. But have they has uh, Nick Politis shifted from the Roosters to the <laughs> Rabbitohs? Bloody hell, how are they fitting it under uh, some form of a sombrero there? You got Mitchell. You also got da- gay guys on big cash. Mansour, who'll be on good coin, Cody Walker, Reynolds, Cook. Um, you got Jaden Sewer, who um, was brought across for, I think, about 400, 500 grand as well. And then Cameron Murray. And now you got Jai Arrow in there. How do they fit them all in there? I don't know, Matt. I think they've gone cheap in the prop forwards. It's about the only thing I can see there. Um, that was Wayne Bennett's formula back in the day at the Broncos. You go cheap in the props and, and big elsewhere. Maybe that's what, um, what they're doing. But I don't know, mate. These dodgy Sydney clubs. <laughs> All right, moving along to dodgy. You've uh, your uh, superpod picks have historically been pretty poor, so let's talk about your first one here. Uh, Tohu Harris last year. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't have the list here. Who's my superpod? Campbell Graham. Oh right, yeah. Well, it was last season, um, late in the piece. There, I had a had my eye on Campbell Graham. He was killing it um, for the Rabbitohs. They just kept falling across the line. I think he had some ridiculous streak. For tries, but um, in any case, he's probably not well loved in the game because he's he's a pretty high priced center wing. Um, but I kind of watched watched a bit of him over the weekend as well, out on that right edge, getting balls from um, Latrell and, and Adam Reynolds. There's a bit to like there. I reckon if you're going to back a, a side like South to start the year well, Campbell Graham will be up there. So if you love a pod, um, yeah, I'd, I wouldn't uh, begrudge you picking this guy. So to finish off the season last year, this is actually quite uh, phenomenal. He, mm. he finished started the season with a, an average of 52 for the first 10 games. Then we had a 67 for the middle half of the season. 
And then he went on from rounds 19 to 26 to average 76 points per game, uh, which is pretty phenomenal. And, and if you have a look at that even further, um, just look at this. Uh, from round 14 onwards, his scores were 86, 98, 96, 60, 96, 78, 74. Why isn't anybody talking about this guy? Kept falling over the line. That's the thing. Like you just well, expected. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but it's the Rabbitohs. They're a gun side. I agree. Before you get to that, mate, before you get to that, and I knew you were going to say that, from round 14 to round 20, his base was 45, 30, 36, 39, 48, 47, 37. Mm. Handy enough, mate. 541k again. Cheaper than Nofo. Cheaper than Mansell. Oh, yeah. He's in my side now, mate. Just pulling him into my side. What a what a pick. What an astute JT. You know what I think he is? I think he's JT's spicy pick of the week. And I wondered when you were going to sneak that in there. Absolutely more chilly indeed as I look over the Cairns Casino to my left. But, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I like it. It's I just can't do these sort of mid to high-priced high set of wings after Jesse Ramey, and that guy ruined my season last year, the start to it anyway. So, I don't know. Again, I reckon, um, as you said, some regression candidates in the center wing. I would hope Campbell Graham's not, but uh, I'm glad you got something out of the maker guide, mate. <laughs> All right, let's move along to uh, Joy Arrow. Um, we've spoken about him a little bit. What if he's not going to be starting? He's going to be playing a bit on the edge. It's a lot of money to be spending for uh, for a guy that uh, they've poached from the Titans. How's he going to line up into this side? And are his super coach days done? Possibly, Matt. He's uh, played a bit on the edge in the trial and then got moved into the middle uh, for parts of the game when Murray was off. So I think his role in the side's still yet to be firmed up. Um, and that's the thing. He might even start the year off the bench as he gets eased back in from injury. So no one really has an idea what Wayne's planning to do with him. But I think for a super coach, that just means uh, you your mind is made up pretty easily. You sit back and watch what he does. Hard to see how they fit him all in, the likes of Murray and that in their side, um, and still generate super coach points. So I think that's the biggest question mark for me. So staying well away from Jairo. All right, let's move along now to the Panthers and start with the studs. Probably not too much that we need to speak about with Nathan Cleary. I think you and I are both on the same page. Just set and forget for the halfback position. There's not really anyone that will come close to him this year if he continues to form. I think he's just been made the cap- the captain of the Panthers as well, taking over from uh, James Tamo as well, um, which comes with that uh, added responsibility. But, um, you know, he's only 23, but he's already... Um, almost a legend of super coach and he's uh, scary to think what he's going to do going forward. Yep, break the side if you need to, but bring him in from round one. Now, the other guy, uh, his, his halves partner, I really like him as well and is, is someone that I'm definitely thinking about um, along with the likes of a Munster um, and also a Cody Walker. Jerome Luai, who we all had in our side as that cheapy uh, last year or that maybe that awkwardly priced mid-pricer. Mm. I don't know if you Stats in front of you, JT, but what would your guess be that he averaged from around 19 to 26 last year? Uh, well, 91. 96. Oh, jeez. That's incredible. For a, Considering Penrith as a side as well, I mean, you've got Cleary on one side, Luo on the other. They both just consistently scored super coach points together, and that's always the big thing. How often do you want to bring in halves from the same side, same NRL side? I don't think we've ever... Ever done it before on this year, Thurston and Morgan 2015. But uh, maybe, um, sorry, you can go. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, it's um, one of those things that doesn't look good on the app, but the the proof is in the pudding with them last year. Like, Luai, um, 
he was Nick Kirkup's boy for a lot of the year and a lot of people jumped off the train too early, but this guy has you know got himself a three-year contract now. He's settled in. He's uh, played rep games. Like, you know, all the signs are there. Um, only risk is that the signing of that contract could bring about some second-year syndrome. But I think we saw enough last season to know that Penrith are going to be up there again this season and Cleary can and Luai can share the points. So that's pretty important. Uh, Luai, 5'8 only, but um, I've got him as an A. Yeah, and, and I mean, all reports are that he played quite well on the weekend too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so that's very promising. The only thing I'd say about the the way he ended the season last year, uh, I think the, the last uh, six games were against the Sharks, Tigers, Broncos, Para. Um, your boys, and also Bulldogs. So it's 110 against the Sharks, 100 against uh, the Eels, and then 110 against the Bulldogs. So that's a pretty nice way to finish the season um, schedule-wise. So that does say something, but still that that ability to produce those big scores, is um, that's incredible. And for doing it for a sustained period, who knows, they might just stick with him taking on a bit more of the, the ownership or, or playmaking as well. Uh, but he's definitely someone that you need to give some kind of thought to heading into the season. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, the guys we'll speak to now, uh, Brian Toto and Stephen Crichton are going to be playing outside him on that left edge. So I think they um, have already developed quite the combination between them in the lower grades, at least um, Crichton and Toto. So I don't think they lose anything with that shift there. So I, I can see Luai just feeding them balls for uh, tries all season. So um a lot to like there. I know you're pretty hot on Brian Toto. So he's had some love in the super coach world as well this offseason, shifting over to Mansour's edge for this season. Um, personally, I think he's a little little risky with that um, that price there, and I would um, just want to make sure that that combination really does kick on. But I can see owning Toto at some point this year. Yeah, definitely. I think just moving outside of Crichton. So that edge just looks um, like it's got just, they're going to ship points basically. Mm. Um, You've got, um, uh, you've also got uh, Kikau, you've got Crichton there as well, um, along with uh, Luai. So you can just, I think they're just going to go out that side a heck of a lot. Um, And if you can take on uh, the try scoring that, that Mansell did, look out. And even if they saw the way that he finished the season when he came back from injury in round 16, he had scores of 97, 72, 71, 59, and 65. And um, something that's always been quite good for him, similar to Mansour, is the base output too. So uh, he had 32 base uh, last year. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's exactly what you want from a winger. Yeah, that's interesting. The only question mark for me as well with him is being outside Stephen Crichton. So glue hands, he was known a little bit last year, just didn't want to pass the ball on. Um, when Penrith were running riot, it sort of cost Mansour a few points there. But despite all the uh, the attacking stats they had, he had 14 line breaks to his name and only the one line break assist last year. So you'd think on that edge that the way the Panthers were playing, that Crichton would have um, uh, fed a few more attacking stats, but just the one line break assist and one try assist all year. So it seemed like every time they shifted down his edge and he shoveled the ball on, it was a um, Luai try assist. So, I mean, that's the big risk there, um, not only for Toto, but for Stephen Crichton, just whether he can start building on some of those attacking stats. Room to grow, but Crichton's a bit of a risk there for mine. 
Okay, and so you've just touched on uh, Stephen Crichton. He headlines the others. Uh, is there any one of those, anything else you want to add to, on Stephen Crichton or should we move back to a guy that you, you're labelling as a huge pot at fullback? No, let's move to Dylan Edwards, mate. Um, geez, this fullback spot is impossible, to honestly. It's hot. Um, yeah, Dylan Edwards, he's um, surprisingly underrated in the game. He had a, obviously a brilliant year last season, um, getting him all the way to the grand final and that. He chimed in that that back line there was pretty lethal. Um, and a lot of it stemmed from the way that Edwards would run the ball back and chime in at the line there. He's got a pretty good, uh, good passing game there. But an average of 69 last season, um, huge from him in, in what, uh, he still had to win that spot at the start of the year as well. So I think another season under his belt. He at 610k is higher priced, but um, again, huge pod value. You've said it before about the Penrith start to the year. It's such a, it's a pretty, looking like a pretty juicy run. And a guy like Dylan Edwards could ton up quite easily there. Just so difficult to have him at fullback. So that that's just the the real killer there. Let's move along to James Fisher-Harris, certainly somebody that I'm quite interested in. Um, he's got uh, – we've spoken about a few regression candidates of late, but he's a guy that um, definitely could um, return to being, you know, one of the top four uh, front row forwards in the game uh, in Supercoach. What are your thoughts on him? I think you're, you're quite high on him as well, and, and what are the reasons for that? Yeah, I really like him. We've got him in the side to start the year, and I reckon it's um, the loss of James Tama and Tedovano from that side. Penrith are pretty skinny in the front row. Uh, they've got you know Spencer Leniu, Moses Leota there, but they're not big minute players, and I think that all of that workload is going to fall on JFH's shoulders. He was a pretty up and down sort of guy last season. Couldn't get real consistent minutes there, but um, yeah, an average of fifty eight there's of minutes per game last season. There's plenty of room to grow. The the season before that he was hitting almost eighty, um, and he can he can pump out those games at prop forward. So I don't think that's a question there. But no, I just reckon he's got a pretty handy super coach game. Loves an offload. Looked good in the All Stars. So at five hundred and twenty k, I reckon he can uh, make a handy uh, price rise and points for you to start the year. Yeah, there were just a, a few too many scores under fifty last year that brought down his average. Still end up uh, finishing the year with fifty nine, which is actually pretty good if you look at the scores that. That he had produced, but 66 uh, average per game in uh, back in 2019. I, I don't think it, that that is anywhere out of the question at all, particularly with the players that they've lost. Um, absolutely coming into the prime of his uh, career now. Um, what do you think he's going to be 26 this year, which should see him um, legitimately, um, you know, be an, an enforcer on the pitch, which he showed in that All Stars game, and I think he's dual positioned again. So. Um, Looms is a player that is um, definitely uh, to consider, I think, for your starting front row. Yep. Good price. Good price to start the year. Apisai, Apisai Coruscant, who was um, one of the stories of last year, really. Um, and he's largely going a little bit under under the radar, I think, at the moment. But the, he didn't do anything wrong last year. Um, and with Harry Grant going down, he's um, you know you could be, do worse things than just um, slotting him into your side. No, agreed. And we talked about Damien Cook, um, you know, looking a bit quiet in the trial, whereas this um, where Appy was sort of the opposite. He was very up and about. So I reckon, um, yeah, last season he got hurt a little bit with that elbow injury throughout the year, and that saw him see some time on the bench um, to, to drop those minutes. But um, he's an 80-minute hooker. He's playing in one of the gun sides of the competition and, you know, he loves to run the ball, which is great to see 
in that um, that hooking spot. So if he he's got the potential to see out, um, you know, a, another pretty good price rise. He's below six hundred k. I reckon he'll go above that pretty quickly. But again, it's it's where you can squeeze him into your side at that um, hooking spot to start the year. It's a lot of money to splash out where you can go reasonably cheap. Yeah, oh, I don't know. It's a, it's he's just um, as you said playing the eighty. Um, he just seems to have formed a fantastic combination, and, and you think that uh, the Panthers are just going to continue on this year. So I wouldn't begrudge anybody if they started with him in the side. Another guy that had an absolute breakout year last year is Isaiah Yo. Um, I don't think that you started with him last year, but you jumped on um, relatively early in the piece. Yep. No, I think Benny G was one of the few that was on him. Maybe yourself, can't recall. Um, but yeah, he. Everyone was sort of wondering whether he'd actually he's, – he's never had a super coach game before this, but um, last year at center wing, he was killing it. But um, I think, unfortunately, losing that dual positioning, being as high-priced as he is, brings him back to the pack a little bit. Um, I think I had a look in the, the Mega Guide, uh, wrote a little bit about – he was number four for center wings in averages last year, but just number eight for second row forwards. So he's back to the pack a little here. I think um, the price is very high. Um, I, I don't suspect that his role will change too much, but again, I, I don't see a lot of value there. Early doors, I think there's too many better second row forwards in the game than him. Yeah, I think I'll be staying away as well. Um, just that dual position or the lack of the dual position really does hurt him. Uh, final guy that we're going to talk about uh, from the Panthers uh, is definitely on the hype train this year, Charlie Staines. Um, so you did mention before that um, the reason why Mansoor has left or one of the reasons is because they've got this young guy that they want to hold on onto and give him an opportunity. We saw what he could do last year um, and it was a shame that he didn't return back from injury because I know a lot of people would have jumped on him as a cash cow, um, scoring 80. Oh, he scored 158 and then 66. It would have just gone up an absolute shit ton of cash but uh, unfortunately those are just the two games he played last year so I'm assuming that he's in your side he is he's in 52 or something 56 percent of all super coach sides so I reckon the hype train is is real the only like it's too hard to not go him because if he does kickstart the year with a bang like he started his career with then you're already behind everyone else so I reckon, unfortunately, he's got that. He's almost 300K, but in the side he's in and with the potential he's shown, I think um, you don't want to be on the wrong side of the ownership uh, there. So I reckon not set and forget, but um, definitely got to start round one with him. Yeah, I mean, at the price and the lack of cheapies that we're seeing at the moment, he probably just looks to be a, I think he is a, a pretty much a set and forget. There are some queries around his base output is... Um, probably going to rely a fair bit on attacking stats, but this Panthers side just looks like they've got a ton of points in them. So um, he's going to be playing outside of uh, with uh, uh, Cleary will be giving him the ball, so um, plenty of tries to be had there. That is it for the Panthers. Let's move on to the Dragons. Um, and to be frank, there's not too much to talk about here, really. They've got one stud that we've lined up, and that's Zach Lomax, but there's I don't think there's any way you can go anywhere near him at that starting price. No, I mean, it's a pretty high price there. And again, um, similar to what we talked about before with Kyle Flanagan, he's going to kick goals, but this Dragon side, you know, are they even going to score that many points to begin with? So Lomax, as good as he was last year, that's because he was a um, bargain basement cheapie. Um, he's, he's a very handy player and he'll deliver for you at that center wing, but too high to price. Um, mate, I can run through the rest of them here in, say, let's go 15 seconds or less. Do you reckon I can uh, keep it to time? Hand a, hand a second. Hang on a second. Let me time you. 
and if you don't do this, it's a stake bet. All right, <laughs> ready? One, two, three. Daniel Alvaro, I've got him down as a cash cow here. It all depends whether he can find some minutes in the side here. He's got a historically good super coach game, 256K. Be bringing this guy in if he looks to get 40 minutes or more. Jack Bird, I'd be completely going off of him. He's not going to play at second row like we had hoped. And at center wing at 381K, uh, you're relying on him to stay injury-free, which he just hasn't in the past there. Um, Matty Dufty, uh, a guy I've got down as a B in the mega guide here. I reckon he's some pod value at fullback, similar to Dylan Edwards there. Fortunately, not on the same caliber of side, but for 576k, he's won that spot. So I'd be looking for him to turn a corner there under a new coach. Uh, Masili, he's decently priced at 233k, but just hasn't really had a, uh, a good super coach history to his game there moves from the chooks to the dragons penthouse to the outhouse the fear brothers uh two of them two cheapies fingers crossed that one of them at least gets a start but fear saw himself on the bench the extended bench for this dragons trial and i think Pereira looks to have the inside running there. If he is in the side round one, you're bringing him in at 203k. Terrell Fuimono, stay away. Ben Hunt, lol. Who knows what the hell you're going to get with him there. Blake Laurie, a little bit to like about him. Second row, front row, jewel there, 459-odd-k. He's got a decent game to him, and at 1.14 points per minute last season, has some upside there, but a lot to pay. Early doors, Andrew McCulloch, uh, yeah, he's Fallen over, he's Bradburyed his way into the starting hooker spot here with Care McInnes. Unfortunately, we're going to miss basically the whole season with uh, with knee injury. So, who knows? Andrew McCullough, Broncos fanboys, might be on him, but not me. Corey Norman, he's got a thumbs down for a reason. Do not go him. Cody Ramsey, interesting one there. Everyone's talking about uh, Charlie Staines, but at just 60k more, he's only 6% owned in this game, and it looks to have sewn up either a centre or a wing spot to start the year. So, 350-odd k, he's a pretty gun player, but again, not playing in the caliber of side that Charlie Staines is. Uh, I think that's probably all the super coach relevance that the Dragons have, mate. Anyone I've missed? Anyone that you think I've missed? Uh, two minutes and 10 seconds. I said I could do the players in 15 seconds each. I reckon. Uh, I'll no. Go back. I'll be uh, listening to that one back. That safe <laughs> bet. I look forward to playing that. On the way there. But no, that's, uh, I reckon, all we needed to talk about them for. There's a few little nuggets of interest for me there with some of the Fords, but um, I'd be yeah. well clear of, of I don't Dragons. Think, I don't think anyone's going to have uh, many of the Dragons in their side uh, unless there's a, a little cheapie or something that comes along. But um, I think they will be one of the more unpopular sides this year because uh, they're going to struggle. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the only one I'd probably butter would be Cody Ramsey, I reckon. He's got a good attacking game to him, but it's going to be a diamond in the rough for this dragon side, unfortunately, by the looks. All right, mate, with that wraps it up, uh, an hour and 20 minutes. We knew this was going to happen, and it's mm-hmm. happened. So um, that's uh, that's life, and that's what did happen. We get together and talk about Supercoach in the first podcast uh, that we've shared for 2021, and uh, let's hope... Uh, there's many more to come. So uh, we're going to say goodbye to you, though, this week. Uh, Wilfred will be coming on next to talk about his four sides. I reckon that's probably going to last about 35 oh minutes, I think. Um, no, it'll be, it'll be all right. Um, but, uh, no, thank you, JT, for coming on, uh, doing a, a ton of work on the side as per usual. Um, I, I think everyone's looking forward to having your weekend wrap return. Um, oh, a bit of a rotating guest list I'm generating as well. So anyone out there that might uh, want to fancy themselves as a 
as a debut podcast to hit me up because uh, it's an open door. My Sunday solo pods no more. Oh, you'll hear that. Clothes, clothes <laughs> optional. All right, guys, uh, that is it uh, for uh, another episode of the SC Report. We're only a few weeks away now from the opening season. So until then, until probably the end of this week, uh, have a good week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.